Hi, and welcome to the Athnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Athnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in Highland Park in New Brunswick. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Strong Enough, is the second part of our series called Everyday God, with the conversation being led by speaker Yukon Chu. Well, we are going to uh, move on then into our time, as we usually do on a Sunday, to take a moment to reflect on the teachings and the scriptures of the man named Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. And the reason we do that, of course, is because we think spirituality is something, uh, is a process where we do need a guide for this journey. Uh, we need a guide because not, you know, I think all of us are hopefully humble enough to be aware that we definitely don't have all the answers ourselves. We, we oftentimes don't know how to guide ourselves. We feel lost most of the time. Uh, but we also believe here at Ethnos that spiritual truth, while it can be found in many different places, and there are actually some great ideas and great sources of truth and inspiration in many different sources, we do think there's something unique about Jesus. There's something unique about who he was, what he did, how he continues to work in our world, and there's something unique about the scriptures he gave us. And so we take a moment every Sunday to pause and reflect on the teachings and the life of Jesus. And uh, this summer season, which we are getting started like right now as June gets going, uh, this summer season we are taking the whole summer to reflect specifically on a character in the scriptures of Jesus for our source of guidance and inspiration. In fact, we do this every summer. Every summer so far we've been in existence. We've looked at key characters in the scriptures of Jesus and kind of tracked with those characters throughout the summer. And so this summer, we're looking at the character uh, by the name of Abraham and how his journey with God developed in the scriptures of Jesus and how we can find some inspiration, guidance, and help through looking at his life. Now, the interesting thing, of course, whenever you look at a character in the scriptures of Jesus, we always got to remember that the main character in the scriptures is actually God. He's the one behind everything. He's the one moving in our world. And in fact, when we look at the story of Abraham, we'll remember and recollect really quickly that, oh yeah, this is a story about God, specifically how God, back some 4,000 years ago, entered into the life of this man named Abraham in order to bless the whole world through Abraham and his descendants. We actually looked at that last week. And... um, We got going last week with how Abraham responded to God with faith and with obedience, with with responding and and saying yes to what God was asking him to do. But here's the interesting thing. Abraham is probably just like you and I, and this is why we love looking at these stories, because his response very quickly moved away from obedience and moved to something else. Now, before we dive into the story, to get us ready to enter into the story, let's just think about this question on the screen to get us warmed up here. In your own life, when was the last time you felt like you lost sight 
of the bigger purpose behind what you are doing. We're going to see Abraham do this, but before we look at his life, let's take a moment and look at our life. When was the last time this happened to us? Take a moment, if you can, turn to your neighbor, for, and for about two minutes, just process this question here together, right? So who would be interested in sharing with us a, a quick story uh, or just a, a quick personal situation where you felt like you recently lost sight of the biggest, bigger purpose you were engaged with? Anybody interested in sharing with us? Yeah, okay. Let's get, thanks for getting us started. Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I just kind of feel like I've been in a rut the last couple months. I've uh, been so very, I guess, self-motivated, focused on myself, and really lost sight of the bigger picture, which is glorifying God. So I've been so focused on work and just making sure I make people happy at work that everything outside of that scope has really not been important to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give it up for Chris. Thank you. I'm sure, Chris, you speak for a lot of us. That, that just happens. Yeah, okay. Who else? Who else feel like, feels like they've been losing sight recently? Yeah, over here? Yeah. Who, who, which person here? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So we're feeling a little shy at the youth table today, so we've been asked not to name any names. But we discussed that uh, part of going to school, the bigger purpose is uh, some of us here want to be a doctor when we grow up. Um, but going to school every day can be difficult, and sometimes we do lose focus. Yeah, let's give it up for the youth, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. I hate to tell you, but it doesn't get better in college, but yeah, yeah. Thank you for being honest. I think we've definitely all been there, those of, those of us who've been to school, yeah. What else? How else do we feel like we've been losing focus and just losing sight of the bigger picture? Anybody else? Oh, back here? Oh, here? Okay, hold on. Let me go here and then up over here. All right. Cool. Um, I'm in my junior year of high school. So right now, like, doing all of these, like, AP tests and SAT testing. Um, and, like, going into the next year, I can already see how, like, my senior year is kind of forming up and what it's going to look like. I think a lot of the time I... When things go well, I tend to kind of build my list up and like right now on my mind, I keep trying to like pride myself in what makes me look good because I'm trying to like prepare for like colleges to see me right and see what my strengths are. Yeah. So I think I've been kind of getting stuck in this like cycle of like, oh, I did this well and it's like, all right, well, this is going to make me look better instead of thinking about like really what like I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think whenever, because of that, whenever I do like, when I do something that doesn't meet the expectation that I have set for myself, it kind of breaks everything down and makes it seem like whatever I did isn't relevant, even though I know that like from last year to this year, like I've improved so much, but it's hard to see it when like you make one mistake and you're so focused on that one thing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jenny. Let's get up for Jenny, yeah. You brought up a couple issues, this issue of people pleasing. Sometimes we're trying to please people and we end up losing sight of the big picture and then also we get down our, ourselves, we get kind of set on something that helps us lose focus. All right, and then I think last but not least, Deborah, did you have something to say? Yeah. When God tells you things um, and you kind of lose sight of what God has told you, um, and then when he answers you, then you kind of lose sight 
of the hurt that comes with that, but in a learning in, in all of it. Okay, okay. Let's give it up for Deborah. Yeah. So you're, if I understand you correctly, when God is interacting with you, sometimes you lose sight of other things that maybe are going on in your life or some other issues that perhaps you, you shouldn't lose sight of, maybe? Okay, okay. All right, yeah. Well, here's, here's the fascinating thing. I mean, I think, I think this happens to us more often than not, right? This happens on a very daily level with everyday sort of things. Have you ever kind of woken up and told yourself before breakfast, like, oh, yeah, I have to do this today? And then 10 minutes into breakfast, you've already forgotten, like, what you were supposed to do, right? This happens at those kind of everyday micro levels. It happens at these big meta levels as well. Some of us uh, who are maybe in the direction of a, moving in a direction for a certain career or life calling, and, and maybe we're engaged with it already pretty well, but, you know, we can easily lose sight of things because of the everyday pressures of family or paying the bills or friends going through different things. Uh, this sort of dilemma, I think, happens to us all the time. And what I love about this story that we are reading this summer is that for our character Abraham here, this happens to him quite often. You know, last week, again, we got introduced to this character, and for all intents and purposes, he seemed like a great model of faith last week. If you remember the story... Abraham, who had nothing to do with God. In fact, we learned last week that he came from a period, uh, an area in the world back 4,000 years ago where they worshipped the moon. So he was like a moon worshipper, not a God worshipper, at least not the God of Jesus. And so out of the blue, the God of Jesus comes and breaks in and speaks to him. And we read right away that he listens and he does what God tells him to do. And so in many ways... He seems like a wonderful model of faith. But right away, we get into this second story in his life, and we see some things happen that I think are a little more normal or a little more relevant to the everyday challenges we face. I'd love to read through this story with you and think through a couple key things together. Take a look at the handout on your tables. I'll just read... Uh, the first three paragraphs here, and we'll think through what's going on. Now, the story tells us, now, there was a famine in the land. And he's living in the Middle East right now, the land of modern-day Israel-Palestine. Now, there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, "This is his wife." Then they will kill me, but will then they will kill me, but let you live. Say, "You are my sister," so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. 
Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. I want you to take a quick moment and think about what is actually happening in this story, specifically in that first paragraph. I want you to turn to your neighbor, actually, and ask this question with your neighbor. What do you think, let's get it on the screen, why does Abraham act the way he does? What's actually going on in his mind in this first paragraph? Take about two minutes and just process that at your tables, and let's think through what's going on. So, I think there are a lot of different ways you could probably describe what's going on here in this opening paragraph. I've, actually, I'm just kind of listening around. Different, I hear different words being used. The word that I heard, I think, over in the youth section that I, I appreciate is this word survive. This word survive. How many of you use that word survive as you thought about Abram's story? Yeah, I, I heard you, Fanny. That's why I was like, yeah, youth, yeah. And the reason why I think this, I, I think it's a good description of what Abraham's going through, right? I mean, first of all, he's moving into this foreign land, Egypt, because there's a famine. So he's just trying to live. He's trying to survive. And then when he gets there, he's thinking logically through this situation like, man, I got a hot wife. Things could go bad. Like, tell him you're my sister, okay, so that I don't kill me, right? And so... So Abraham's just looking out for himself. He's trying to survive. But here's the deal, right? His, his instinct to survive is actually making him blinded to God's bigger purpose and promises. I mean, let's think about this in Abraham's situation, especially if you were here last week. God had told Abraham, when God first met Abraham, Abraham, I have a plan for your life. I'm going to bless the world through your life and your offspring. And the way I'm going to do that, Abraham, if you remember from last week, is I'm going to take you and put you in this specific land, and you're going to prosper there. You're, it's going to all happen there. But what happens in this immediate second story? Because of this survival instinct... Abraham's like, oh my goodness, there's famine. I don't know what's gonna, what we're going to do. Let's go to where logically in this region of the world back then, you would always go to Egypt during a famine because Egypt had storehouses. Egypt took care of themselves in certain ways. There was the Nile River, a lot of lush things. So logically, he's like, well, i got to survive, so I'm going to go there. And then not only, so he leaves the land, right? God promised the land. And then he thinks he has some misplaced fear. He thinks he's going to die because of his hot wife. But that doesn't make sense, right? Because God already promised him, I have a plan for you. I'm going to do something through you. Why do you think you're going to die? Like, that just doesn't make sense. And so Abraham, I think, is trying to survive. And, and I think, truth be told, as we think about our lives, that happens to us all the time too, doesn't it? Our desire, this, this thing that, the survival instinct that we have, when it kicks in, oftentimes it blinds us. It, 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 it kind of distracts us from that bigger promise God has for us. 
that bigger purpose God has for us. Right? I mean, I mean, just think about the last time the bills were tight. Think about that last time you had a family member go through something and ask for money. Think about that last time you hit that roadblock at work and you're put in a dilemma where you're not like, man, I could kind of fudge some things here just so my boss will like me so that I will, so that I'm supposed to succeed and all these, you know, just think about that last time that survival instinct kicked in for you. Wasn't it so easy to forget the big picture? Wasn't it so easy to just like not think about God and the promises he has for your life? the direction he's been trying to invite you in. Now, the story, of course, is kind of sad because the survival instinct doesn't just affect Abraham's, like, sense of purpose, Abraham's sense of, like, God's promise for him. First of all, it affects his wife, right, in some of the worst possible ways. I mean, Y'all, those of you who plan to get married, if your spouse ever does this to you, don't let them do it to you. This is like, this is just bad. This is bad. I don't know how Sarah is still stuck around with Abraham, but anyways. um, So it obviously affects Sarah in the worst possible ways. I mean, he's just, Abraham's so self-centered that he just allows his, you know, just lets go of his wife in this way. But, But more, I think actually more importantly or more, potentially dangerous, is that Abraham jeopardizes God's big plan for the world. Now, we can never jeopardize God's big plan, and that's going to be the second point, but, but it gets pretty close. Think about this, right? God had promised Abraham last week that I'm going to bless the world through you and your offspring. And then the next thing Abraham does is give his wife up to somebody else. Like, how are you going to have offspring when you don't have a wife? <laughs> like, and so, so it's almost like Abraham's not only jeopardizing his own life, his own sense of God's purpose and plan, but he's almost coming to the edge of jeopardizing God's plan for the world. Now, here's the deal, right? And this is the good news. And this is actually the second point. God is strong enough and wise enough to make sure his plan is never thwarted. God is big enough and strong enough to make sure his plan never fails. We see this in the story, right? I mean, it seems like all is potentially lost. We're talking about Pharaoh again in this time period where Pharaoh is like the biggest, strongest political power in the area. I mean, this is not just some small empire. We all are aware of the Pharaohs of this time. It's really powerful people. God intervenes and flicks the sickness on Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, wait, I didn't do anything to deserve this. What's going on? He somehow finds out, finds out that he accidentally took Abraham's wife and God corrects Abraham's mistake and continues to preserve Abraham and Sarah as a couple so that he can use their offspring to bless the world. Now, God is strong enough to do that. Now, Here's, here's the dilemma, though, I think we face in this story. It's very easy to see this in this story and be like, okay, yeah, God, you're strong enough. You did this. But if we were to apply this idea to our lives right now, or, or this principle directly to our lives, I think there would be a lot more question marks, right? Because 
a lot of what we think may be God's plan for us personally, we're never quite sure, right? Is it God's plan that I, you know, get this house that I've been wanting or rent this room that I've been wanting? Is it God's plan that I end up in this situation, life stage situation with a family perhaps or with these best friends? Is it, is it God's plan that I get this sort of career, that I have this sort of uh, trajectory in my calling? I think oftentimes we're not really sure how to answer that question. It, it's a mixture, right? Well, is this really what God wants for me? I'm not sure. Sometimes we feel it's like, yeah, this is God's plan for me. And so to, to directly apply this into our specific life situations, let's be honest, it, it's a little hard. I mean, I would, as a, as a pastor or director, spiritual guide, I would never want to promise something for someone who comes up to me and I say, hey, does God want me to do this? I, I can't overpromise. I, I would hate to do that. Right? Like if you come up, you know, is it God's will for me to, to have this job or to live in this home or to have this uh, family situation? I, will he see this through? Man, I can't, I can't say for sure. I don't know. The one thing I think we can be certain about in this story, though, is this bigger plan of God that is at work, not just in Abraham's story, but literally for the span of the thousands of years that the Bible, the scriptures of Jesus cover, the, the timeline of the scriptures this theme of God wanting to bless the world through Abraham's descendants actually starts in Genesis 12. Genesis is the opening book of the scriptures. And actually, this theme carries all the way to the end of the book, all the way to the last book in the scriptures called Revelation. This idea that God is going to bless the world ultimately through Jesus who is Abraham's descendant. Last week we talked about how all this story is actually pointing to Jesus through whom the world will be blessed. That plan will actually never be thwarted. That plan will actually will never fail. That's the one thing this story can give us a guarantee for, that God has this great plan to bless, to give you and I and the world around us, the world that we live in, the absolute best from God's perspective. And he plans to do that through Jesus. He's done it in the past. He's done it for thousands of years in the scriptures. And he is actually still planning to do that right here, right now, and all the way till the end of human history. In fact, if you look at the final excerpt here in our scriptures this morning, it's an excerpt literally from the second to last chapter of the whole book, well, of all the scriptures. Revelation 21, there's 22 chapters in Revelation. We're reading from Revelation 21, the, the second and last chapter. And this is the last, actually, picture of the world that we get. 22, like, kind of just talks about some other things. That 21 is the last picture. And this literally is the last picture, okay, of the whole book, of the whole scriptures. Let me just read it out loud to help us see, like, oh, this is something that began, beginning in Genesis 12, God wanting to bless the whole world, all the nations. This is actually, actually how it ends up. I did not see a temple in the city. The author here in this final book is describing the final state of human existence. 
Some would call it heaven, some call it other things. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, meaning God and Jesus somehow are its temple. Temple, of course, is a place where you meet God. So he's trying to say you don't have to go somewhere to meet God. You will meet God everywhere. Like God is just accessible. It's like you will just see him, know him. He is accessible anywhere and everywhere. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. And then check this out in 24. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, but there will, and there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We get this picture of this final state of humanity where literally the nations, right? The word nations used twice in this paragraph. All the people of the world will finally come to this place and there will be quote-unquote glory. Glory is a word that attempts to describe the ultimate beauty and wonder that we were created for. And so the point, again, is that the one thing we can be sure of, I think, in the Abraham story, the one thing we can be sure of with God's purposes and plans isn't necessarily, oh, man, is it God's purpose for me to have this job or have this career or have this family set up or live in this place? There are question marks around that. I hate to say it, There just are. But there's this bigger story, this bigger purpose, this bigger plan that is secure. And so I think the question for us, as we get this summer going, as we think about all the intricate details of our life this summer, Am I plugged into this bigger purpose that's happening? Am I a part of this bigger plan that God is working in our world? Am I aware that that is something I can be firm and secure in? And the exciting thing, of course, is this bigger plan of God isn't for the perfect. It's not for those of us who are somehow better than others in terms of our spiritual state? No, it's for people like Abraham. People who came to God from moon worship. People who came from God not doing things right, not thinking the right way. People who were letting survival instincts overtake their lives and jeopardizing even God's purpose and promise. It's definitely not for those of us who have it all together. And that's the good news, I think, that God wants to give us today. It's the good news that God wants to give us this summer as we look to engage with our spiritual journey. We don't have to have it all together. In fact, God, I think, kind of expects us to lose sight, to kind of deviate from the path. But God is always there ready to invite us back in, ready to have us realign ourselves with this bigger purpose that he's working in our world. I wonder this morning, 
as you think about this story, as you kind of try to open yourselves up to God, I wonder where you may be this morning. I wonder where I may be. Am I aware? Am I plugged in? Am I open and moving with this bigger purpose, this bigger story that God is doing? Can you join me in a final word of prayer here this morning? I want to invite you in this final word of prayer to try and picture God or Jesus in front of you as we pray. And I want you to picture God or Jesus extending his hands wide open to you uh, this morning. And, uh, his hands are put out to you. His palms are faced up. And the invitation this morning is for you to surrender some of those survival situations you feel like you're in. what they are in your life. You know how perhaps you've been engaged with those and they've just kind of blurried your vision of God's bigger purpose, God's bigger plan. I just want you to picture yourself handing God those things, trusting him with those things. And then just resting secure in that, this reality that God is strong enough to make sure his plan and his purpose prevail. And it may be, may be confusing and maybe hard to understand how he might do that. But his good purposes and plans will prevail. And so, God, we thank you that you are a big God. You are a strong God here this morning. We genuinely admit, God, there are too many times where we lose sight of that. There are too many times we lose sight of your bigger purpose and plan, specifically the plan to bless us and bless the world through Jesus. Help us to hold on. Help us to understand. Help us to continue to live with faith and surrender to you. We thank you that your invitation to us comes to us in the midst of our lostness in the midst of us not getting things right. We thank you that your invitation is always there. You are a very gracious and patient and forgiving God. We, we say that we receive that here this morning. Help us through even just today and even just this week to continue to live in life on that bigger purpose and plan you have for us. Thank you. We give this to you. Thank you, Jesus, and it's in you we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, please visit us at ethnosmb.com. 